continue standing or sitting, however you are, please bow your head and, and pray with me because these words hold so much power for us this morning. Lord, we come to you knowing that you are our defender. And so no matter what circumstance we may be dealing with, we can say, hallelujah, you have saved me. And Lord, I pray that today as we open up your word, as, as we spend time here together, whether in person or via the live stream, that we would know that you got us, that you are a good God, that you're a good father who loves his children, who provides for us. And Father, I pray that you would speak to each of our individual circumstance and that we may know your peace, that we may feel your peace as we leave from this place, whatever that looks like. Jesus, you are King of kings and Lord of lords. We say hallelujah. Praise you. Praise you, God. We love you, and it's in your name that we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated if you're not already seated. Welcome to Cypress Creek Church in person or via the live stream. It's good to be together this morning. And I wanna turn your attention real quick to ccc.guide. That is kind of our bulletin, electronic bulletin. So on your smartphone phones, or you know, if you're on the computer at home, ccc.guide. It's got everything from lyrics to songs to verses that we're gonna cover, announcements, all of that good stuff, ccc.guide. It is Missions Sunday today. And here's what that means. It's a five Sunday month. There's four of those every year. And we, Cypress Creek Church, are a church that looks outside. We are a church that serves others. We are a church that looks and finds a need and meets the need and we pray. And so today, specifically, we look only outside and, and we bless the many ministry partners that we are partnered with all over the world, as well as local ministry partners as well. If you missed the announcements, uh, you can reel back the you know, live stream or you can look later on at home. Taylor played a quick game on Guess the Country uh, of where our ministry partners are. I wonder how many people got it right. Uh, you know, point is we have amazing ministry partners all over the world, and so today, we're going to hear from two of them, one via video, Earth Mission Asia. They train people, indigenous Burmese and Myanmar folks in that country. They train them to become, um, goodness, PAs, so that they can take care of the local health needs in rural villages that have no medical coverage. So pretty neat, we'll see a video. And then we'll also have our own Becky Ball come and tell us more about I Choose You. So that's today, Mission Sunday, but I have a word for us before we get there. And it's in Matthew chapter six. So if you wanna turn your Bibles, we'll, we'll be there shortly. But here's the deal. I said in an, I made an announcement on Friday. I don't know if you've heard it. I hope you have. If not, this is the announcement. Last Sunday, we had someone that was asymptomatic come to church. They later developed symptoms. They confirmed positive for the virus, confirming that they had the virus while they were here on Sunday. And instead of freaking out, we kind of, the overseers prayed and we said, Lord, what do we do? And we heard, do what you have been doing for this reason. That's why we've ha asked everyone, you know, wear these. That's why they've been recommended. That's why we're sitting out here. It may be a little hot, but we're doing all of these things to prevent the spread of COVID-19. Now, 
I've checked in with this person. They, they were remaining anonymous. They've requested that, and we're going to honor that. They're doing better. They are, their symptoms are getting better, and we're checking in, meeting basic needs, all of that stuff. And this, here's, here's the thing. It, it's, just a, it's just a complicated, strange, convoluted, may I say, chaotic season. Anybody else with me? Or is someone smooth sailing like a perfectly made per paper airplane? Just I feel like the ones I made in fourth and fifth grade where I was trying so hard to get a good paper airplane and the more I threw it, it just went and, and, and as we, the body of Christ, we have one thing to do today. And that is to lift high the name of Jesus, who is the Lord of Lords and the one who is truly in charge. That's what we need to do as we gather. That's what I am called to do as your pastor is bring God's word and be a hope dealer through this because there is hope through all of this. You may have tuned in last night to the news and, and see the turmoil that's going on in our nation and in the tension that we are living in. And, and I want to say two things to that real quick. Number one, we know that we live in a broken world. We live in a world that is infested with sin. That is the spiritual truth behind all of the angst and, and frustration is we are still trying to reconcile why does injustice occur and how should we respond to that? And the second thing is that no one is more heartbroken than Jesus when injustice occurs. When we are in that difficult season of trying to understand what is going on, no one's heart breaks more than Jesus. And so we look to him and say, Jesus, show us how to respond. And Jesus, as we prayed two weeks ago, we seek your face and we ask that you would heal our land fully. And so let's turn to him real quick in prayer. Jesus, we, we, we thank you that you are in control even though we don't understand, we don't see everything going. Father, I pray that we today would have peace because you have overcome the world. You have defeated death. The ultimate price that we deserve as sinners, God, you've defeated it. And now all who come to you have life. And so I pray, Father, for all of us, those of us that, that know and, and have that life in us today, I pray that we would truly find our, our solid place, our foundation, our hope solely in you, Jesus. And for those that are seeking and trying to cope and, and understand how to respond, I pray, Jesus, that your message would be the loudest message proclaimed today. That is that the King of Kings, the creator of heaven and earth came down because of his love for us and paid the very price that we deserved so that in this world, we may have peace that transcends all understanding and that it would guard our minds and our hearts. I pray, Father, for that gospel message to be so loudly proclaimed by your body here on earth during this time. And may we see revival through all of this. And may we see so many miracles and amazing things come because of what you have done for us on the cross. We celebrate you this morning, Jesus. Amen. A lot going on, a lot going on. And in Matthew chapter six, Jesus makes it so clear that he's in control. Jesus makes it so obvious 
that he is going to provide for our every need, that he knows us. And we've been in this Let's Go Deep series. We've been talking about these spiritual disciplines and they're not disciplines so that we can have a set of rules and check off the mark and say, I'm good today because I prayed or I'm good today because I came to church or I'm good today because I, I fasted or, or whatever spiritual discipline may be. God wants relationship with his people. That's why those spiritual disciplines are there. God wants to be close to us. God wants us to know how present he is with us. And in Matthew chapter six, it's, it's, it's Jesus saying, hey, when you pray, make sure that you just don't pray out here in public and say, Lord Almighty, and, and go, go off with all these words. Pray first in your closet by yourself behind closed doors when it's just you and me. And when you give, when you give with your right hand, don't even allow your left hand to know what your right hand is doing. Just do it and then just let it go. And then when you fast, don't tell everybody, oh, I'm hungry or, oh, I'm doing this because I'm so pious and religious. No, just do that between you and me and I will see everything that you will do in secret because God wants that type of relationship with us. He wants that type of intimacy with you and I. And as we celebrate Mission Sunday, I'm gonna connect because today we're actually celebrating in, the, in, the, in the, the church calendar. We don't usually talk about the church calendar, but today's the day of Pentecost. Today's the day when the Holy Spirit came down after Jesus rose from the dead. There was a group, the group of believers, just a select few, about 40 or so, were in this room. They were waiting. They didn't know what to do. And Jesus said, wait, then my spirit's gonna come on you and I'm gonna send you out. You're worried about all of these things, but I'm gonna empower you to go out and proclaim my message and be about the things that I am all over the world. And that's when the church started when the people were outward focused rather than thinking, I don't know what I'm gonna do about this. And Jesus, you were supposed to do this and you're supposed to usher in the kingdom of heaven. God says, wait, because I'm gonna give you the most personal thing, my own spirit that's going to protect your mind, that's going to transform your life inwardly so that outwardly we can serve and love others as Jesus did. So reeling it back to Matthew chapter six, a few things that I want to do as we read through this. And then we'll have Becky over here and show the video of Earth Mission Asia and finish our gathering this morning. So we're gonna start in verse 19 of Matthew chapter six. And let's remember that Jesus in John chapter 16, verse 33 says, I've told you all of these things so that in me you may have peace. So Jesus is telling us all of these things in Matthew 6 so that we may have, we can do better, so that we may have peace, peace. peace. He says, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. In this first passage, Jesus is asking us, where are we investing our treasures? Where are we storing these things up? Is he talking about money? Yes. There's other things that he's also talking about. Your treasure, your attention, your affection, your time, your energy, your talents. Where are you investing those? Are, are you investing into just you so that you can be the best you that you can be? Or are you investing those things in the things of God so that you can build up the kingdom of God and no one can steal that. 
No one can take stuff, that stuff away. They can steal all the stuff that we can buy and collect and all that stuff, but he cannot take the things that we uh, put in heaven. And he's talking about our heart. And when he talks about our heart, he's talking about the center of our being. There is no better investment than investing in the kingdom of God. No better investment than investing in the kingdom of God. He goes on to say in in verse 22, the eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness. No one can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. And Jesus here is not saying that money's bad. He's not saying that that producing is bad. He's saying that having only one Lord, meaning if if you can only have one Lord. So if if that Lord is not Jesus, then that is not good because he teaches us. He teaches us how we are to disperse everything that God's given us. God is Lord and we cannot serve two masters. The eye, the lamp of the body, the eye reveals the character that is inside of us. Proverbs 27, 19 says, as water reflects the face, so one's life reflects the heart. And what God is doing here is he's actually warning us. He's protecting us from hypocrisy. He's saying, if, if you're not actually doing these things, if these things aren't stored in your heart, it's only a matter of time before that shows. And I can tell you that I've been blessed by brothers and, and sisters and people in the church calling me out of stuff and saying, hey, there's this thing inside. I'm sensing this. Where are you here? Where are you there? And it turns out it's coming from a place that's not good. And so I, we repent and we turn back to God and we say, we want to be in right standing with you, God, because we know that you want to be so close to us and a part of our life. Now, maybe more than ever, we may be concerned about our earthly well-being. And so we say, well, God, if, if you're Lord and you want all this stuff, then who's going to take care of me? Who's going to be my provider? So God, Jesus continues here in verse 25. says, therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? In which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to a span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, yet I tell you, even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? O oh, you of little faith, therefore do not be anxious saying, what will we eat or what will we drink or what will we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all of these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. So the birds and the lilies. Interesting thing that in the Old Testament, when God wants to remind people what he's done for them, he reminds them of big battles that he has won for them. He reminds them of of, of the ocean that has been, or the sea that's been parted and people walk through it. I mean, big, powerful examples. And here Jesus is talking about birds and lilies. Really? 
I mean, give me the other stuff. I want to be that type of encourager. Think about the mountains that God has moved so that you can go through. And Jesus is saying, hey, I'm in the little things. When you think outside of yourself and when you listen to what's going on around, when you listen to nature, I'm in those little things. I'm so very present there. And when you recognize that I take care of everything, how much more am I going to take care of you? You who were created in my image, you who I gave my life for, I got you. I am your provider. So I want you to think about something right now that is making you feel anxious. Something personally that is making you feel stressed. Everyone's got their thing. I want you to think of yours. Just have that in mind. What's making you feel anxious? What maybe is the very thing that you're thinking, if I don't do this, 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 this won't happen. And as we sang earlier, we get to do something pretty cool today. We get to say, Lord, I'm releasing this to you. You are my defender. You are the lifter of my head. You are fully in control. And I trust that you will provide. Verse 34 says, do not be anxious about tomorrow for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. It says you have that thought in your mind. Bow your head and, and pray with me. Lord, as we are still in this moment and even hear the birds around, we recognize that you are fully in control, that you are the creator and that you love us, that your presence is here with us as it was on the day of Pentecost 2,000 years ago. Lord, we are grateful that you know each need in the room and at home and outside. And I pray that we would release our anxiety to you and that we would say, I trust that God's got it. I trust that God's got my needs. We lift these things up to you, Jesus, in your name I pray. Amen. So as we leave from this place, we're not going to leave before we invest into the things of God. And we have been so blessed to have, these are not only ministry partners, these are real relationships with people all over the world that we get to partner with and be about the gospel. So please don't feel any pressure whatsoever, but I do want to compel and encourage us as we recognize that God is in control and that God is gonna provide for our needs, we can now outwardly look and serve and invest in the things of the kingdom that are going on around us. So I wanna show, this is about two minute and 30 second clip. This is Mitch Ryan. He is from Earth Mission Asia, again in Burma. And we, Cypress Creek Church, have been partnering with him for many, many years. Um, and uh, yep, let's roll it and, and check it out. Cypress Creek Church, Pastor Jose. Hope you guys are all doing okay. Um, yeah, although I'm on the news, I must confess it sometimes looks more like an episode of from the twilight zone and I'm in a weird place myself uh, Carol and I have been stuck in two different countries now for going on 62 days so I meant to do this a lot earlier but I'm finding my my creative instincts have a lot are tied very closely to being with my wife so without her around my 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 attitude my creative output if you would 
I think it's more along this guy's style. And on top of that, I just got a lot of work to do. Uh, we've been asked to help the Karen um, develop their strategic plan for responding to the COVID virus. That means like thinking through things like uh, checkpoint protocols, how to handle patients uh, coming to their village track health centers safely, um, testing strategies, when to um, ease some of the lockdowns. So this will affect 350,000 people. So it's a pretty big responsibility. Yeah, I'm in kind of this weird mental place yet despite that, or maybe because of it, I also feel like I've been surrounded by that much more grace. Um, and I can really relate to these words uh, from the song by Stephanie Gritzinger called We Dance. I mean, in dance, the timing is everything. Uh, sometimes you wait, you pause, you move. Sometimes there's risk involved. Sometimes it could be a bit boring. But in the end, it's the dance. And be dancing with your creator, uh, that's a pretty cool thing. So my head's in a weird place, but I, don't, I feel like I'm not. I'm where I'm supposed to be. And I think Carol feels the same way. Um, so I'd like to thank you. Thank you for your prayers, your support. Yeah. God bless us all. So Earth Mission Asia saw 12,000 patients in their two clinics in Burma last year. They are doing an amazing job, and they are one of our many international ministry partners. The other ministry partner that we are uh, highlighting today is our very own Becky Ball through I Choose You Ministries. Please help me give her a hand. Hey, Becky. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing well. How's everyone else? Good. I'm seeing some hot faces. The sun's okay. out. I'm gonna talk fast. All right, tell us, what is I Choose You? I Choose You is a ministry out of Uganda that a team of us went in 2008 and started from Cyprus, and we started I Choose You then. And we sponsor children, put them through school, um, pay all their medical, their housing, their clothes, and give them, our whole goal was to keep them with their families and then to... Um, empower them to help their own country. So we send them, we've had several graduate from the university and um, some are in there now. So that's what I Choose You is. And help us, well, tell us, how did it all start? Tell us a little bit about that. In 2008, it was my third trip to Uganda and I just knew that that's where I would be going forever. Hmm. And it, I took five college students from Texas State. My Eat husband, huh? Eat them up cats, sorry. Eat them up cats, absolutely. They were all girls. And um, Taylor Abaroa was one of them. And my husband, Ted, and then our son-in-law, Tom, and I. And so we went. I was the only one that had been. No, Ted, I think, had been the, day, the year before with me also. And so we got there. We do the same thing every year. We go to a children's home that is wonderful and just kind of hang out with the kids and give them what they need and, you know, uh, just play with them and all of that. So the Lord kept saying to me, this is not what you're supposed to be doing. 
And of course, I was arguing with him and saying, oh, yes, I'm supposed to be in Uganda. Well, that's not what he was saying. He was saying I wasn't supposed to be there. And so um, as we were getting through our 10 days there, he just, I kept hearing that and hearing that. So I told Ida, who is our ministry partner over there, that I, we either needed to do something else or that we probably wouldn't be back. And she said, why? And I said, Lord's just telling me that we're not supposed to be at the children's home anymore. And I said, we had seen some people in the capital city of Uganda, which is Kampala, as we were driving. And it's the first time I had ever seen these people. They were absolutely gorgeous. They were tall. They were lean. They were um, bright clothing. They have just cloths wrapped around them. Not clothes like what we wear, but bright and colorful. And I said, ooh, Ida, who are those? And she said, oh, those are the Karamajong. And she kind of did her hand like that. And I said, well, what, why are they different from everyone else that we see? And she said, well, they come from the northern part. And uh, no one, everyone shuns them. They live in the slums and they beg for food and beg for money and everything. And um, I said, well, okay. I didn't think anything of it. So I said, you remember when you were telling me about the Karamajong on our way here? And I said, can we go to their village? And she said, what? And I said, yes, can we go to their village? And I said, I feel like that's where the Lord's leading me. And she said, okay, we'll go in the morning. We had one day left, and that was it. And so we got the van picked us up, and we got picked up Ida, and then we went on. And um, we got there, and we got out of the van, walked between two huts, and it was something I had never seen in my life. And I've been to many countries, and I have seen the poverty, but nothing like this. And uh, the children would run up to us, pull on our clothes. If they had clothes on, they were just rags. The mamas would stay back. The daddies wouldn't come out at all. Uh, it was just barren. Uganda is a gorgeous country. It is green. Uh, the tea uh, fields are everywhere. It is beautiful. This was not pretty. This was not anything. You could tell their eyes were just dead when they would look at you. It was just, they, they had no life. And so we sat, and we had made promise bands, which uh, tell the gospel, the story of the gospel in all the colors. And so the students, the college girls, were telling that, and then they would be translated to different dialects. And um, they had never heard the gospel. And so after that, we moved to another place, did it again, and then we, as we're walking through all of this, you're stepping over a lot of little trenches, and it's urine, because they have no plumbing, they have no electricity, they have nothing there. They live in these huts, they sleep on the ground. If they are fortunate enough to have a mat, they can sleep on that, but if not, it's just on the ground. Their chickens come in with them at night, so they're not eaten by all the animals, and any, anything that they have will come in. And so we got to another area, to a family who is a member of Morrisonitis Church in, in Bali, and their daughter was there. And so uh, as we sat, because they are so hospitable, hospitable, all of them, they bring their chairs out. They may only have one chair in their home, but they'll bring it out for you to sit on. They want to welcome you. And so her parents did the same, and we were sitting there, and um, they were talking 
we had a translator. And then I said something to Sarah. I said, Sarah, tell me a little bit about you. Her English was perfect. She said, I just finished secondary school, which is our high school. And she said, now I am uh, looking for a job so I can go to the university. I really want to help children. And I said, well, how much does it cost? She told me, I don't remember the amount now, but it was nothing like what we pay. And I looked at Ted and he nodded and I said, well, Sarah, we would like to put you through the university. So that's really how I Choose You started. And as we were leaving, I said, Ida, this is where God is telling me to be. And she said, Becky, I have been praying for so many years to have a team come through here and want to help these people. I didn't know that. She didn't know we would be doing that. It was all God going right before us and doing that. So that's how it got started. That's awesome. And uh, Haley was with us on the team. She had been to Kenya the year before with a team from Cyprus and knew Morris and Ida. And she had already planned to spend another week there. Again, we didn't know this was coming. So I said, okay, Haley, you choose 10 children, get pictures in their bios. I'll go home and figure this out because I didn't have a clue. I still don't have a clue. That's a good thing because it's God's. <laughs> and if I think I have a clue, then I would take control of it, and that's not what we want. And so she did. She came home, not with 10 children, but with 20. And that's, that's how we got started. That's so good. So 20 children. How many children now? We have 56 now. When one graduates, then we put another one in because we have an attorney now. We have two teachers, uh, one that majored in entrepreneurship. We have some that are in nursing school right now, and then others that are getting ready to graduate from high school and go into the university. So it is, it's really grown. They're doing mm-hmm. well because our goal was for, to educate them to where they can help their own country, mm-hmm. not come here, not go anywhere, but to help their country. Mm-hmm. That's so good. So for anyone that is curious, they want to know more, maybe sponsor a child, how do we do that? You can pick up a brochure. Where's the brochure? They're right over here. See, Bob Bob. has it right there. And or you can get online. I just Google it. I choose you ministries, Uganda, and it (laughs) pops right up. But we do have a website, and it's www.ichooseyou.org but Google it. It's a lot easier. You can go on the website. You can look at all of the children. You can choose the child that you, bio is there. You can choose the child that you would like to uh, sponsor. Randy sponsors one that is in nursing school now. And when she was 10, um, he saw, read her bio and it said that she wanted to go into medicine. And that's what Randy had hoped for. Mm -hmm. So there's something about a child that causes you to to choose that one. And then you just go over to another page and you fill everything out and you can sponsor monthly, uh, quarterly, or yearly, up to you. And um, that's what you do. Right now, uh, COVID-19 has not been bad in Uganda. They closed all the borders early. And so no one could come in. We didn't get to go. We were supposed to go in May. Mm -hmm. Can't go out. But we have a plague of locusts over there. And so all their crops are destroyed. Mm -hmm. And so we've been sending more money because they're starving to death. Mm -hmm. Our kids are doing well, but the majority of them are starving to death. Becky, thank you for listening to the Lord, being obedient and blessing this, these amazing souls and blessing us today. Let's give Becky a hand. Thank you very much. 
So as we close again, you can right now, later on, go to the cyberschoolchurch.com page. Uh, when you give, just make sure to select the fund, missions, and every single dollar that goes into that fund goes outside of the walls of Cypress Creek Church. So it supports uh, ministries like I Choose You and Earth Mission Asia, a lot of local ministries as well. You can look at all the lists, all the different churches, church planting movements, et cetera, et cetera. Isn't it good to be a part of something that is way bigger than we are? And that is really what we're celebrating today, the day of Pentecost, when the disciples had no idea what, the, what God would use them to do. And neither do we necessarily have an idea what God is going to do through us as we leave from this place. So as we close, may I ask you if you're able to stand up. Worship team, come back up. We're going to close with one song. Jesus, we pray that you would empower us this morning with your Holy Spirit. And that we would leave empowered and full, knowing that the God who created the universe lives inside of us. The very spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is in us and is resurrecting us. Lord, I pray for those things inside that you would continue to transform us, that we would walk every day, one day at a time, knowing that you got it that you are gonna provide for us. And Lord, we also pray for this missions offering and ask that you would multiply it so that the world would be blessed by what your body called Cypress Creek Church has the incredible opportunity to be a part of. And we do pray for all the families, all the ministries, all the churches that we are connected. We pray for your blessing and your hedge of protection be upon them in Jesus' name. And Lord, we pray that you would continue to heal our land as we go from this place. We love you, Jesus. We thank you that we can call upon your name knowing that you hear us. We pray all of this in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said, amen. amen.